You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're back. Good evening and welcome to episode 123 of Boys in the Booth. Cody, Abrams, and Melbourne, the three all back together. And uh, guys, hard to believe that we're almost at the end of April and less than a week to go until the Stanley Cup playoffs. How are we doing on this Tuesday night? A uh, little tired and, and exerted here because it was a busy weekend. It was my brother's bachelor party this weekend. Drove back to Brockville, so that's five hours up and down. And uh, tried on some suits early Saturday morning and then just a, a busy day of bachelor party stuff. Uh, what happens in Gatineau stays in Gatineau. <laughs> and uh, it was a ton of fun. No, we, we went top karting. If you've ever heard of top karting, it's a, it's a cool little spot that's like go-karting inside that has a bar as well that's super sketching the the corner of legal um but it's a ton of fun except all my brother's friends and and everyone in the bachelor party is either races or is a mechanic or races and is a mechanic <laughs> <laughs> so i got absolutely dumped on on the track there it was it was it was tough for me i didn't, I didn't come last but man i got laughed a lot of times by the guys who won so <laughs> Uh, that sounds like a good time, man. The last bachelor party that I was at was Cameron's, my brother-in-law's, and we went to Canada's Wonderland during the day, and I'm not a big fan of rides, and neither is uh, Jason, Cameron's stepdad. So the two of us just got just had beers all day on the side, <laughs> didn't go on any rides, and I think we had a better time than the guys who did go on rides. So definitely, uh, definitely fun times at, uh, at bachelor parties, but... Guys, I'm good. Uh, I did a, a my first exam today for for law school. This was the first time I had actually been to law school in person, which was like the weirdest experience. Like even though I've been in school for like a year now, like this is the first time I went. It felt like my first day of school, so that was fun. But all things considered, uh, everything's going well. I'm looking forward to getting some merch out uh, early in May. I said May 1st, I'm going to try to hit that date, but it might be May 5th or something to give me a bit of extra time to make sure everything is good to go and uh, ready to roll out. But looking forward to that, looking forward to the Leafs tonight and uh, Vegas also who plays tonight in a clutch game. I'm going to have that on in the background uh, while I do some more work. And then also, 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 um, what the hell, where the hell else was I going with this? I don't know. That's it. That's all I got for you guys for the <laughs> intro. Harp, how you doing, man? I'm I'm doing good. You know, the weather is getting really nice and the playoffs are coming up and uh, excited for our merch drop as well. We haven't done one of those in a while and we've uh, certainly had quite a few people reach out or just mention to us in passing, hey, when are you guys going to do another merch drop? And so uh, really excited for that. And uh, yeah, let's get going. So Chad, we're in the finals uh, for the Boys in the Booth uh, Fantasy Hockey League. So just give us a quick little update on that, and then we'll get into uh, cap or no cap. 
Yeah, no problem. So anyone listening who's in the fantasy league should just send me uh, their money right now because I think I've got this one locked up, guys. Not to count my chickens before they hatch or anything, but right now, me against Taylor Prosser, it's projected to be 450 to 362, currently uh, sitting at 275 to 232 in the finals here. Uh, I got to give it to Pross, though. He finished seventh in the league. But he's put up a, a pretty good fight up until this point. And you never know. Like, he can pick up guys. He still has a few pickups and can get some extra games in. But, um, you know, he, he's been scrappy throughout. So you got to give it to him there. Also, you got to hand it to him. He didn't pick up Matthew Kachuk. That was something that we mentioned uh, a few episodes ago where there's a bit of a slimy move by Remy to drop his best player that he could drop in Matthew Kachuk. Pross reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, like... If you don't want me to pick him up, I won't. I said, listen, I don't care what you do, but like it, it's totally up to you. But if you don't pick him up, I won't pick him up either type thing. And he goes, he, he said to me, he's like, look, man, if I'm going to win this, I want to win fairly. And I truly respect the guy for doing that. But uh, he's absolutely getting walloped right now. So sorry, yeah. bros. You have to respect what you can never be, eh, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> A fair, honest. Hey, <laughs> I, actually, actually, that reminds me that you brought that up. One of my professors told a joke earlier this year, and let me try to remember it quick. He said, um, "On a tombstone, it said, here lies an honest man and a lawyer.'" But then someone remarked from over on the side and said, "Hey, I didn't think you could bury two people in the same grave." <laughs> Get it? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, boys, let's get into uh, cap or no cap to kick off uh, episode 123. You're now listening to cap or no cap right here on the boys in the booth podcast. No cap. This shit busting. Chad, you mentioned the Vegas Golden Knights a moment ago. A huge hockey game tonight for them against the Dallas Stars. And so here is the cap or no cap question to start. Vegas will lose to Dallas tonight and miss the Stanley Cup playoffs. If they lose to Dallas in regulation, that's it. They're done. I'm saying that's going to happen. Cap or no cap, case. Uh, I'm going to say no cap. Um it sounds like karma's finally catching up to the Vegas Golden Knights on how they treat their players, specifically their goalies. Robin Lehner was a little PO'd about being pulled. At least this is the rumor that's going around. And he was the one that made the decision to to step out and, and take season ending injury or uh surgery rather um we don't really know if that's exactly what's going to happen but it has been confirmed that he is not playing tonight in net and i don't have a lot of hope for vegas because the hockey gods are against them and how they treat their players i will say cap to your statement harper i think they will win tonight and make the playoffs even though there's like a 10 percent chance only because last week when you brought the cap or no crap question to us and you know case and i had to struggle through it together we both said look this team is too good to miss the playoffs so i think in the next few games vegas a miracle happens for them and jack eichel starts scoring mark stone starts scoring again and thompson gets the job done between the pipes you know i i i agreed with you last time and yeah they're a great team uh but one thing happened since then 
is that night they lost to, to the New Jersey Devils. Oof. So I don't think that they're a good enough team to be in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> yeah, listen, the odds are not in my favor here for saying that Vegas is going to make the playoffs, but oh, at the end of the day, that's what guys, Vegas is all about. But at the end of the day, that is sad, and it, and it sucks that this team isn't going to make the playoffs. But you're right, dude. Like that's just karma. Like they don't give a shit about their players. They haven't all year. We've seen time and time again they they sign long contracts with players and then flip them trade them or like you know they they don't treat a guy like laner the way he wants to be treated like i don't know man it, it seems like hockey karma but at the same time they're still a really really good team so i guess we'll see what happens tonight against dallas and uh, in the remaining couple games after that yeah exactly and i think their three remaining games after tonight are against st louis chicago and who's the third in there arizona maybe but i'm not uh completely I think they only sure have on two that. games after tonight i think it's chicago and st louis all oh, right right yes um yeah, the, there's no other no other organization runs uh, the the way the Vegas Golden Knights do, and and uh, yeah, the hockey gods are very much against them. You know, they they go out, they make the they make the big splash for for Jack Eichel, and in these critical games, he's just been a non-factor. Like zero points in the last four games, didn't look very good in the last game against San Jose, and not only did they lose to the New Jersey Devils, like Case said, but it's the way they lost to San Jose. Like, you're up by two that late in regulation, and you completely blow it. And it sucked for Logan Thompson because he's a young kid in net. Chad, you said it last week when I was away that, you know, he's looking like the goalie of the future for this team. But um, it just it, you just can't blow a lead like that. And uh, the Sharks seem to kind of have their number here. And uh, anyway, so and again, the other thing I'll bring up to Chad, you and I talked about it off air a little bit, but I think like not only the issues with Leonard, but I think between coaching and management, there's a bit of there's a bit of dysfunction. There's some issues there. That game against Washington when Leonard wasn't happy about being pulled after giving up the one goal, Frank Saravalli said that he thinks that DeBoer wanted to start Logan Thompson that night but he was overruled by his general manager and just flipping guys out left and right. Like they're pieces of meat. He said, it just, no one's on the same page in Vegas. Anyway, we'll wait and see uh, tonight. Hey, Harp, you make me feel really good when you talk about Logan Thompson being a young kid at the same age as me. It makes me feel spry. <laughs> <laughs> He's a rookie like uh, Michael Bunting. Who's yeah. going to win the Calder. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Let's uh, that's that's a huge game tonight, by the way. If you get a chance, definitely tune into that one. Vegas and Dallas. That's going to be must see TV. Uh, Two more for cap or no cap, guys. And then we'll get into uh, our episode here. The NHL needs a way to speed up the shootout. Cap or no cap. Chad. I'll say cap because I don't think they need a way to speed up the shootout. I think they just need to get rid of it. And boom, took the words yeah. out of my mouth, Chad. You beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know there's there's some pushback from that because listen, games have to end. But I think if you just extend overtime to ten minutes, like everyone's been saying for the last decade or since whenever they implemented uh three on three, then you would just 
force games to finish in overtime. And like three on three isn't even a perfect solution in the first place because it's gimmicky as well. But at least you're still playing a team sport in hockey. Sure, the bench is shortened. Sure, you know, you've only got three guys on each side and the game is different because it's all stretched out and wonky and everything, but it's still closer to the actual game of hockey than the skills competition shootout is. So I don't think they need to find a way to limit, you know, the amount of shooters in a shootout. I just think they need to get rid of it. And like, I'm open to to criticism for that. Like, I'd love to hear it because like, I don't really think that the arguments against extending overtime are very good. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to agree. I'm going to have to say cap on this one as well, because the same thing, I I would just like the shootout to be no more in any form of hockey. I think that, and it's soccer. Jeez, don't get me started. I just think it's the worst way to lose and win a hockey game is in the shootout. It's, it's brutal. And honestly, I think that three-on-three hockey is some of the most exciting hockey there is. There's like countless times I can think of in a game in three-on-three where there's a rush down to one end, there's like an unbelievable save and the defenders are sprawling trying to keep the puck out and then the puck gets poked out and then there's a two-on-o going the other way. Big save down there and then it comes back the other way and it's back and forth hockey. It's so exciting. Sure, you get the moments where, you know, they pass back to their own blue line, regroup, they get the change, everyone changes then they come back in but to me it's really exciting hockey and if you just ran that continuous then i think you're going to finish the game before 10 minutes you know 99 percent of the time i i think five minutes is is almost enough most of the time to to get it done so it's like yeah you you run it a little extra some of those um some guys get tired and and they'll they'll get a rush the other way and and finish the game so it's so much more exciting than the shootout worst way to lose worst way to win get rid of it yeah no i'm uh, i'm good with that you know the question <laughs> was uh, do you you know find a way to speed it up but i'm good with just scrapping it all together too and and case you mentioned like those electrifying overtimes like you can go the entire five minutes without a single whistle we've seen that often enough yeah in uh in the three-on-three overtimes but uh the reason i wanted to bring that up is because chad you obviously saw evgeny kuznetsov's shootout goal against Eric Schalgren and the and the Maple Leafs the other night just how he comes in slowly stops and flips the stick around a couple of times and just just we're seeing more and more guys that just don't keep that forward momentum going they stop and kind of screw around a little bit or whatever like Ryan Johansson has this famous move where he comes in and just he'll just hold like this and slowly come in on the goaltender and then make a move. I just like his controller died. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just don't like to see it. So, uh, yeah. but I saw that to, goal from the other night and that's why I wanted to bring this up to hear me your question. Harp, the way to speed it up and make it more exciting and keep the shootout around. And Chad will absolutely hate this. It's same as every goalie to ever play for the RSL Kings. I know what you're It's to make it the six puck drill, <laughs> put six pucks on the blue line. And if you don't score, you got to rip the pass back to the blue line, get the guy in there. When you finish all six pucks, your team wins. Like, Boom. <laughs> like, so here we are talking about the NHL should get rid of a skills competition and cases like, you know what would be a great skill to display. <laughs> But no, it's it, it. Listen, the the problem with with it just scrapping it all together and and extending overtime is that teams will extend their play 
to fit within that time frame. That's the argument anyway. I'm not sure if I if I buy it, but you have seen over the past few years where teams are stretching the play out more, cutting back to their blue line, maintaining possession, changing, etc. So teams are getting yeah. better at that. There's got to be something they can do to speed that up because again, games have to end on time like just based on the TV schedule. You can't have a game going yeah. an hour long. But like something's got to change. I'm not sure it starts with the shootout though. I think it starts with eliminating the shootout. And some hardos, some uh, gentlemen in the old boys club of the NHL will also get pissy that there'll be more goals and more assists on the stat line. Like more guys are going to hit 50 goals if they're playing overtime until the death. Um, I, I'm being the devil's advocate here because that sounds great to me. More goals, please. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, just shootout just seems so pointless to me. It's like, Oh, I, I hate it, man. Well, what about, what about ties? What, what about changing? I know, I know (laughs) nobody likes ties. (laughs) I know nobody likes ties, but hear me out. What about changing the point structure so that an even strength win is three points? An overtime loss, you still get a point. Yeah, it's just like throw the record book out if you do that. But there used to be <laughs> ties, right? Like that's how that's why goalies yeah, but- now have way more wins than goalies back then because like goalies, for example, I don't know, like an Ed Balfour has maybe three hundred and some wins, and he's one he was one of the greatest goalies of his generation. But he had ties when he played. So like it's you know yeah I'm just saying with the three point wins then you know 110 points as a president trophy winner is going to look pretty paltry to a team that's you know getting three points for winning 50 60 games whatever yeah well I guess to combat that then you take away the loser point like I just think that you you lose 40 percent of Americans when you say there's a tie yeah no it's like there's no there's no easy way to fix it we all agree that something has to change but. I, the shootout is is the worst thing in human history. I mean, you know, the wars were pretty bad. But uh, oh my goodness, oh. it's the, pretty the bad. last. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about the shootout is, thank goodness it's not how playoff games are decided. Oh. I mean, like thank God. But international hockey needs to fix that right because we've seen we've seen world junior gold medal games i think a few years back when dylan strom was on team canada they lost to team usa in the gold medal game in a shootout like you do when it's an important game like that too that is not how you want it to end so i wanted to bring that last point up well what about tj oshie as well uh, but he also got denied by Eric Shelgren the other night. But it's like, you know, in international play, TJ Oshie shoots 18 times in a row and he keeps scoring. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. Don't get me wrong. Like, especially in international hockey, there have been some great shootout moments like Oshie, Jonathan Taves as well uh, in the World Juniors for, for Canada where he shot. I think he went three times and he was perfect on all three. Um, but anyway like it's you know what it's today i watched the alec martinez uh ot winner against the rangers to win the cup and i got goosebumps why because (laughs) yeah because that type of thing excites me like an ot winner is the most (laughs) exciting thing ever you know what's never given me goosebumps a fucking shootout (laughs) no i asked why because like why are you watching that like how does that on my come up it was the it was the anniversary today like oh really 
Oh, oh cool. Chad. Oh, smart. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. All right. <laughs> well, uh, that was exciting. You know what wasn't exciting? Watching someone win in a shootout. It's like, oh, yep. one guy is going around the net. Oh, he scored. <laughs> I'm with you. What's on next? Like, I don't know. I, I totally agree and know exactly the goal that you're talking about, Case. And uh, yeah, that was exciting uh, for sure for the Kings. Um, okay, one more for cap or no cap before we move on. The Calgary Flames are Canada's best chance at a Stanley Cup this season. Mm-hmm. Cap or no cap? case uh i'm gonna have to say cap i i i know where you're going with this this is kind of an fu uh chad uh, <laughs> you know first at face value but also it's because toronto is in the east and in a very tough division and they're gonna have you know multiple tough matchups just to get to the finals and then they got to beat whoever's there so uh it's a tough tough road for the Leafs, but I still think that they're the best chance because of the best Canadian team right now. Yeah, I, of course I'm going to agree with that. I'm, I'm never going to not agree with Case if he says that the Leafs are the best team in Canada. Like, you know, I, I think they're maybe sitting third in the NHL right now. They have career bests in, in wins, in points. They have the best goal scorer in the NHL. They have one of the best, uh, you know, assist guys in the NHL, setup men, if you will. Um, they've gotten great depth scoring. Their defense has looked extremely good with the addition of Mark Giordano and, of course, Ilya Labushkin. Goaltending has looked significantly better since uh, Jack Campbell came back from injury. So That's, pr- pr- protect Jack Campbell at yeah. all costs because if he's gone, that team is done. Yeah. It's over. Like. I, I got a personal request from a Leafs fan uh, through my DMs to make sure you bring up on this episode Eric Schalgren and how d- trash he is. <laughs> yeah. No offense to him, but it's just I've I've heard that from a few different angles now, and uh, I'm I'm just regurgitating it here. This isn't my opinion, but the the thing with Schalgren is that he's been extremely up and down, which has actually caused him and his numbers to be pretty average in terms of the the advanced numbers i don't know what his save percentage is or whatever i'm sure it's not good after getting shelled for like eight goals 97 or something yeah but he's been he's been average like slightly below average and but very up and down which is never good especially in the playoffs so as long as jack campbell stays healthy i will say the leaves have the best chance of a canadian team to win the stanley cup even though they're gonna have to go through two or well, three really, really, really good teams. So, yeah, just yeah. stay away from those New York Rangers. If, if, you know, Chris Kreider's out there, then Jack Campbell's in danger at all times. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I'm glad I brought this up because, like, all the things you said about the Maple Leafs, like for the most part, you could say about the Calgary Flames, like two studs that are have over a hundred points in Kachuk and Goudreau. Elias Lindholm is a legit first-line center, and I think we'll get some consideration for the Selkie Trophy. You have a great defense that gets it done by committee, and a great goaltender in Jacob Markstrom as well. So, 
Boys, you watch. Now that we talked about this, we're going to get a Toronto Calgary Stanley Cup final, and it's going to be great. So Are you Canada kidding gets me? The winner, no matter That's what. not how things go for us. Now that we talked about this, they're both first round exits. Easy swept <laughs> as well. Edmonton's going to win the cup. Like, oh. <laughs> and and the other thing too, like you mentioned, Toronto has to go through two or three top teams in the East to you know to go on a run and and make a push for it. I mean. I look at the same thing for Calgary. They have to go through teams like Colorado and Minnesota. So, yeah, there you go. All right. That does it for cap or no cap for episode 123. And now we're going to move on to uh, our candidates for most improved player in the NHL this season. Offense is up. Scoring is up. Plenty of guys that are having breakthrough seasons. It's been a lot of fun to watch uh, some guys really uh really break through and show their potential this season and so we're going to get uh get into that with our uh, our candidates for most improved player this season in the nhl so case let's go to you first with yours yeah so first of all uh you know i i thought we were doing something different this episode a little miscommunication <laughs> so uh i apologize for my my lack of readiness here but yeah, you're all thinking, oh, he's going to go with the New Jersey Devil. How can he not pick Jesper Bratt? Goes from 30 points in 46 games to 70 points in 73 games. Casey, how can you not pick Jack Hughes, who is having an absolute dynamite 20-year-old season, scoring on a 119-point pace since Christmas? How could you not pick him? How can you pick Nico Heischer, getting up to 0.89 points? He's having a great season. Looks like a Salky or centerman. Yeah, I, I can't do it to you. I can't pick another New Jersey Devils player in one of these episodes. So I'm going to go, you know, the other way I like to go. If I'm not picking New Jersey, I'm usually looking to poke a little jab at one of the other guys on the episode. And I'm going to go with Nazem Kadri as my most improved player. Uh, I think that he just hasn't gotten yep. enough respect from us and the hockey world this season. I mean, he's having an absolute dynamite season. He's got 26 goals, 58 assists and 84 points in 68 games last year 56 games 11 goals 21 assists that's 52 more points and 15 more goals in 12 more games wow he has been such a key piece to you know the second best team in the nhl right now and they they're so deep down the middle and it, and it really is thanks to Kadri and, and what he's done this season. You know, last year they're just they was not the same down the middle. You you couldn't say that they have one of the best center cores in the league this year. I think it's easy to talk about that. And you know, he he's gonna be a key piece in the playoffs if he's not like trying to get suspended this year. So uh, <laughs> I've got to give some love to Kadri. I think it's kind of a forgotten thing, especially being, you know, Eastern Ontario guys and, and Canadians for one you know we don't really talk about the West maybe as much as we should but Kadri has been a player to watch all season long yeah Kadri's been fantastic and especially at the start of the season like he broke out at the start and I think you know like I, I haven't looked at his like you know first half versus second half of the season comparison or whatever and I don't even think it's necessary to get into that but and, and I won't say that you know he's tapered off completely but he just had an incredible start and he's been good since. And either way you slice it, he's been better than last year in pretty much every yep. way, shape, or form, which has just been incredible for the team. And it's funny, like, you look back to the years he played in Toronto, and I think he had 
multiple 30 goal seasons with the Leafs. So it's like you saw that the production could have been there. And, you know, there were just some some problems with his development. And you can blame that on management or whatever. But but, you know, the Leafs locked him up to a long term deal at a pretty good number. And they did not think that he'd be a hundred point player, you know, when they signed him to that deal. And and now like that deal looks fantastic and he's playing incredible hockey and you absolutely love it. Even though he's a former Maple Leaf, you ask any Maple Leaf fan out there, no one's salty about that deal because I mean, probably because Tyson Berry has moved on and that was kind of the big piece and it just didn't really work out. And you know, it sucks because the Maple Leafs lost that trade. But you ask virtually any Leaf fan, especially from Toronto, about Nazem Kadri, and they'll tell you, I'm so happy for the player. And I say especially people in Toronto because so many of my friends looked up to Nazem Kadri as sort of the first guy in Toronto who who looked like them. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like the first guy yeah. that they could look to in the NHL on the biggest market, in, on, like in the Maple Leafs, and say, I can be that one day. So Nas on and off the ice has always been an inspiration, but this year in particular, like so happy for the guy. Incredible year. Definitely respect mm-hmm. that and, and respect that um, viewpoint. But it's funny. It's funny to say that because typically, like with Leafs fans, it's like when a player has traded away from the Leafs, they actually just don't exist in the league anymore. They're like, <laughs> they're not NHL hockey players, and we forget about them. So it's nice to to see a player still get some respect from their old team. Yeah. Yep. Well, and and Chad, like I'm glad you brought that up because let's not forget that there was a trade in place for Kadri to go to the Calgary Flames, and he turned it down as a chance to continue to stay in Toronto and be a member of the Maple Leafs. But then, obviously, the deal with with Colorado came to fruition, and um, you know, we talk about early Hart Trophy candidates at the start of the season. His name was being thrown out there as an early Hart Trophy candidate at the start of the year. And I think it's safe to say that uh, he's priced himself out of Colorado. And and uh, that guy is going to get a pretty nice uh, ticket this summer, whether it's, you know, I could see him going to a team like the Philadelphia Flyers or wherever. I mean, that guy is going to get a huge payday, but he he's had a a remarkable season and again like it's just it's another it's another guy you look at on the avalanche and it's like you know here's another guy who's priced himself out of town and this team needs to go for it and finally win and uh yeah Yeah. he's he's been a huge part of this team this year now if he's priced himself out of town it's going to be tough for whoever picks him up because i'm uh, put my stake in the ground right now 55 points next year 60 points Yeah, it's one of those things where like this year has been such an anomaly. Like I have no idea what to expect from next year. It's certainly not 100 points. Yeah, I I just like I wouldn't want to be his agent, the team trying to sign up. I wouldn't want to be anyone because it's impossible to predict. Well, I mean, I guess it'd be nice to be his agent because you're probably going to get him more money than he deserves. But um, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. Obviously, it depends where he plays, but I could. I think it's reasonable to expect thirty goals. But then from there, yeah. you know, I like who knows. It could be a contract that looks like a Jeff Skinner or something. But also, like, I don't think 
I really don't think he's the type of guy to and like you can say whatever you want about oh it's you know the agent who negotiates the deals it's not about the type of player who gets the money but I like I don't think he's he's leaving Colorado I think they move players they reach a reasonable number and they get they get a deal done I I just think that's the type of player he is he's formed a community and everything and I think that's where he stays but who knows that's a long way from from now and right now he's obviously just focused on trying to win the cup yeah, no, at, at the same time, when I say that, he definitely seems like a team first guy for sure. So great pick case. Uh, Chad, let's go to you now. Your candidate for most improved player in the NHL this season. Well, even though you didn't mention his name right off the top, he was involved in some of the conversation that we had earlier, sort of in passing about this team here behind me, the Vegas Golden Knights, because Timo Meyer threw the dagger at the Vegas Golden Knights by tying the game up the other night with one second to go. And uh, he's my pick for most improved player this season. You guys know how much I love this player, specifically in fantasy, because he's carried my team this year in both of my leagues. And uh, he's just been incredible. Not only has have his points goals, assists, and points skyrocketed this season, but also all of his peripheral stats have been just so good, uh, which is obviously great for fantasy. You know, things like hits, blocks, shots, um, etc. So last season, guys, he scored at 0.57 points per game. He had just 31 points in 54 games played. This season, he's over a point per game. He's got 35 goals, 76 points in 74 games played. And just when you thought, you know, San Jose was what they are, this guy comes out of nowhere and just starts playing like an absolute beauty. So it's funny. A couple years ago, or actually 2018-19, when I was looking through the stats for this guy, um, he scored 66 points in, in a full season. And it's like, okay, this is the guy now like you know he's power play one first line etc etc but he didn't really get played like that in san jose for a bit until this season last year he was only averaging 16 points per game or 16 minutes per game rather and this year he's averaging over three more minutes per game so it seems like san jose just went okay timo you're extremely skilled but your production's been up and down why don't we just give the reins to you and see what you can do? And he has not disappointed this year at all. So my pick for most improved player for sure. Yeah, well, I, I'd love to see what he can do with a little more supporting cast and playing that role as as our top guy. Um, you know, when when we talk about Meyer versus um, Kadri, like I think maybe Kadri, you give it, him the most improved season, but you give Timo the most improved player. Like I actually think that this guy got that much better and can continue this next year and the year after until he's out of his prime like i, I think this is the player that you should be expecting a pl- point per game player going forward I, I think most improved player you might hit the mark a little better than me right there yeah well you, you look at so i'm on i'm on dauber sports right now i don't know if you guys use that website or not but they have it's a fantasy hockey site and they have a buy sell meter and it essentially tells you you know, whether this guy is outperforming expectations or underperforming expectations. And right now, the buy sell meter for this player is exactly in the middle. Shooting percentage, 11.1%. That's pretty much bang on average. Five on five shooting percentage, around 10%. Pretty much bang on average. 
points per 60, 3.2. Again, bang on average. Secondary assist rate. That's something where you see a guy break out, maybe a guy like Kadri, I haven't looked into it, but it's because they have a million secondary assists and those are seldomly repeated at the same rate. While his secondary assist percentage is 46.3 and that is dead average for his career. So a lot of these things tell you that Meyer will be able to repeat the same sort of production next season and imagine if he gets you know some better line mates like i've just been so impressed with meyer and it's just like every time i watch a san jose game and i've actually been doing that recently weirdly enough because i have had a couple players in in fantasy this season so all year i've kind of been tuning into them you know like here and there and every time i watch them He's the guy like no one else on the ice stands out as much as Timo Meyer does, not only because he can score, because he can do everything else on the ice as well. He can get in your face and play, you know, tenacious hockey. And 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 he's not terrible defensively either. A few more stats as well. Like when I was looking this up and this is a player card um, from from moneypuck.com. And in terms of his finishing percentage and ranking, this ranks among all players in the NHL in terms of percentile. Um, you know, he's 95th percentile. In terms of generating offense, he's 95th percentile. In terms of driving play, 92nd percentile. And in terms of defense, uh, he's roughly 56. So he's not terrible on defense. He's not a minus at that. So he's been just so good all season, guys. And and it's not something that you could have said last year where, you know, Timo Meyer was was like absolutely one of the best players in the NHL, like top, you know, I I don't want to put a number on it, but he's in the upper echelon of NHL players this season, which is something you couldn't have said last year. I might even go as far as saying the 95th percentile. (laughs) I mean, maybe, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, talk about another, another guy who, um, was a, an early heart trophy candidate or, or a, you know, a dark horse pick for, for the heart. Um, however you want to say it. And, and, uh, you know, there's going to be some changes in, in San Jose. Certainly they, they need a new general manager and they were able to sell Tomas hurdle on their plan moving forward. And they got to do the same with Timo, Timo Meyer, like absolutely do everything you can to lock up this guy long-term. And, He's one of those guys who's a classic power forward in the league who can score goals and put up points. And for San Jose to stay relevant, competitive, and and get back into the playoffs, they're going to need a guy like this. And so he's been fantastic this season for them. And just what a what a, a move! Like you know, opening his mouth the other night ahead of the game against Vegas and being like, you know what, we're out of it, but we're we're going to put a dagger in the Vegas Golden Knights and that's what they did. He scores the goal to tie the game with less than a second left and they end up winning in a shootout. Thomas Bordalo getting the winner by the way and and in his like, you know, third NHL game, but um that that was all Timo Meyer. He called it and uh he's been great all year for the Sharks and and Moving forward, you have to have that guy and have to do everything you can to lock him up long term and sell him on your plan moving forward like they did with Hurdle. And Thomas there, he actually bought a dog off of a lady who got the dog from a breeder in Vegas. So there's your connection. (laughs) 
I thought you were saying something serious. And then I was trying to follow and I'm like, how is this relevant? What are you talking about? But Harp, I, I forgot that uh, that he said that, man. That is so, that is sick. That is savage. I love when players like use the media and call teams out and then perform. Yeah. Like it's, it's awesome. And also too, don't forget when you interviewed Clark Saunders forever ago on the podcast, who was the one guy he said was the most impressive player he's played against in the Alps HL? Timo Meyer. That's right. Yep. Well, and um, uh, Clark spent a bit of time with the San Jose Barracuda as or well. Or was that, was that um, where it was? Yeah, Not that, that, that's HL. what it was. That's what it was. And yeah. yeah, man, I remember that. Like, he just, like, he said, man, like, the way this guy can shoot a puck, like, in particular. And so he's, yeah, man, he's just one of those classic power forwards that can produce and uh he's had a great season so that's uh yeah two good picks right there guys all right i'm gonna be that guy and pick a (laughs) buffalo saber and i thought about some other guys uh you guys know i mentioned travis boyd of the arizona coyotes off air um i I have to talk about tage thompson i mean how could i not this is a guy who you know, the, the narrative with Thompson has been he'll always be attached to the Ryan O'Reilly deal. It's not going to work out. He's in and out of the lineup. Um, last season, he only had 14 points in 38 games. So Don Granado decides to move him to the middle. He's a big body, six foot seven, and uh, decides to put him at center. And that void that was created with the departure of Jack Eichel. Like we don't really have a first line center. It's going to be either Middlestad or cousins that will have to sort of grow into that role. That problem, that void has been filled with Tage Thompson, just an incredible season. He's been our driver offensively all year. Uh, 37 goals, 30 assists, 67 points in 76 games. I mean, Chad, you've raved about him as well. Case, I, I know you're a fan of him. And this this is a guy that has always had the tools, has had uh, the, the skill set, um, but I think just needed an opportunity, needed a coach to believe in him and put him in the right situation um, and, and, just, and just give him a chance. And I think as a bigger guy, it takes a little bit longer to grow into your body and uh, and and become a uh, a, a full time, uh, really good NHL player. And so that's what we've seen from from Tage Thompson. He's exploded in front of our eyes. He's made Jeff Skinner a better player this year. He's helped Skinner get back to being a thirty goal scorer, which is huge, obviously, because that because uh, of that contract. And Thompson has one more year left at one point four million. I mean. What what more can you say? It's just been amazing to see this guy finally break through. So a, a quick thought from each of you on Tage Thompson before we wrap up. Yeah, I think there there's something to be say, said about very large hockey players in that it's hard for them in junior hockey because you can't use your body appropriately when you're that size in junior hockey. And if it's major juniors or college or whatever it is, because you're going to get penalized over and over again you're going to get um 
it's just going to work like against you the whole time. So it takes them a bit when they get to pro hockey to, to really figure out how to use that size to their advantage. And he's certainly doing it now. And I'm really glad that he's like, he's becoming this player because now it gives a little more merit to how much, Harper talks about him, you know, it, he's a, he's an impactful player now. So I, I'll listen to the, uh, the Tage Thompson stuff. And uh, now I'm just hoping his brother could be half the player. Um, there you go. Also, Chad, you know, you talked about pr- before this episode, it's like when you're talking about a most improved player, you, it's easy to pick a rookie because, you know, you're improving on AHL stats or something like that. Well, he wasn't a rookie before this season he had like a hundred almost 150 games played coming into this season and and not a lot of points but now he has scored more goals in a buffalo saber season than jack eichel ever has so i think this is a guy you can be certain has improved this season and yeah he's got he's got the opportunity he's he's really really outdone himself it's great when i saw that stat that he had scored more goals than Jack Eichel ever did as a member of the Sabres, or I guess ever, because that's all he's ever played for. I was blown away. I could not believe. What was the number 36, Harp? Was that the most? Yes. Yeah, 36. And so Thompson has passed that just by one goal. He's got 37. But still, I I know, man, it's it's incredible. That's unbelievable. And and like last episode case, I remember we briefly touched on this. I forget how it came up, but we talked about how, you know, the Ryan O'Reilly trade like Buffalo has been thinking about that forever, especially because he won a cup and a cons month. But they've been thinking, you know, what do we have in this player? And finally, you hope at least that this is the version of Tage Thompson you're going to get going forward. And all the signs kind of point towards that. Like the goal scoring, that's awesome. It seems like him and Skinner have really teamed up as as a deadly duo up front, which is something I didn't think I was going to be saying. Um, but both of those players <laughs> have really improved this season. And Skinner as well. Like that's another guy you could have talked about um, from Buffalo. But yeah, he's an imposing player out there. He's massive. He's been using his size. Anytime he plays the Leafs, it seems like he just bullies the the defense. And it's like he hounds pucks. And every time I watch the Sabres, he's the guy that I watch because you just can't miss him out there. Not only because he's big, but because he's in the right place at the right time. He creates offense and he just does a lot of the little things right. And you're noticing that now. And you know, it's it's nice for Buffalo that they're they're in a point in their you know fifth rebuild now. And I've got to get some jabs in Harp. Let me have that one. Where you know they're they're in a good spot because they've kind of defined the guys who they want to go forward with, and it's it's Thompson. Thompson is is their first line center, like you said, and it's not even a stretch to put him there anymore. So I I like. The fact that he's grown, that he's brought Jeff Skinner with him, and that he's kind of grounded this franchise. Because, like, imagine how different this season would be for Sabres fans if Jack Eichel was a point and a half per game playing with Vegas and, you know, Tage Thompson was still like a 30 point guy. Like, it would just be devastating right now. So, with the addition of Alex Tuck, the resurgence of Jeff Skinner, and the emergence, I, I suppose you could say, of Tage Thompson, it's really looking not too bad in Buffalo. So uh, yeah, that's a good pick there, Harp, for sure. 
yeah no thank thanks man and uh like all three of those guys like that that's you can say that that's a legit first line and again i did not think we would be sitting here in late april saying that the sabers have improved and that they have a legitimate first line because when we did our season preview it was it was not looking good and we weren't too enthusiastic about them going into the season but he he's the one guy that it was boom or bust this season for him that he finally needed to show something okay like we know he's got the talent and the potential now we need to finally see it and we finally have and i think it's only it's only going to continue to get better with uh with him as we go forward while we're on this topic and wrapping up, I just want to share a list that I found on Instagram by an account called The Hockey Opinion of their top 30 most improved players. I'm just going to run through them because I want to mention all of these guys have had incredible years and it fits the topic. So Tage Thompson, number one. So good pick, Harp. Troy Terry, Billy Husso, Jesper Bratt case, devil action there. Uh, Anton Forsberg, Mason Marchman, Jack Hughes, another devil. Chris Kreider, Igor Shosturkin, Robert Thomas. What a year he was having. I almost picked him as well. Igor Shosturkin, already said that, Robert Thomas. Nazem Kadri, Ryan Hartman, Matt Duchesne, Jeff Skinner, Clayton Keller, Jake Ottinger, Michael Bunting, Andrew Mangiapane, Rasmus Dallin, underrated season from that guy as well this year. Uh, Timo Meyer, Adrian Kempe, Matt Zuccarello, Noah Dobson, Ivan Barbashev, Nick Schmaltz, Tyler Bertuzzi, Sam Bennett, Ross Colton, Josh Norris, and James Reimer. That's a pretty good list, and that's why I wanted to share it, because all of those players have had incredible bounce-back years, and with scoring up this season, it only makes sense that the list is that long of most improved players. That's a, uh, that's a pretty good list right there. Like, Matt Duchesne in particular, I, I looked the other day, like I'm blown away by, oh, this guy has 30 goals. Oh, this guy too. Like Duchesne has 41 goals this season. At like, yeah. And we all, not only us, but everyone wrote him off because he's got that big ticket in Nashville. But he's been amazing. And yep. Josh Norris is another guy for me too, by the way, who I've brought up to you guys. But yeah, that's a good list. Like, you can't disagree with anybody on that list. That's for sure. Yeah. A couple hurt too, like Mason Marchment, but. Uh. <laughs> oh, whatever. Di- just still waiting on Dennis Morgan. Marchment got two points the other night and the overtime assist to beat the Leafs. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway. All right, guys. Well, uh, great, uh, great conversation about most improved players this season. I think a great topic with with offense being up in the NHL. This regular season's been a lot of fun. I'm 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 kind of sad that it's coming to an end here, obviously, because the Sabres aren't making the playoffs. And Case, I'm sure you feel the same as well. You'll be you'll be watching the Devils last few games here, but um, we, we are really excited about the postseason, obviously. And uh, we'll be back next week with episode one. 24 to get our, our playoff predictions out there and that's going to be a lot of fun and uh, again our merch drop coming in early May and we'll mention that again next week as well so uh, thanks so much for listening great to be back with you guys uh, tonight and uh, enjoy this final week of the NHL regular season we'll talk to you again next week this has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne and Casey Abrams New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.